He has one of the most known voices in the photo industry today. In fact, this is a guy that has risen from almost nothing to being the top of the heap, both in Australia and all over the world. You guys, welcome to the Photographic Collective Podcast. My guest, Jai Long, with us today. And we have an interview for you uh, that, that may rock the boat a little bit. This is a little deeper than a lot of the interviews that I've heard Jai on. And you know what? His story and the depth behind uh, what this guy has gone through to become the prolific speaker, educator, and just influence that he is to our industry is really worth your time today. But hey, first... This show today is being brought to us uh, in partnership with one of the most amazing online retailers where I love to buy my lenses, cameras, bags, accessories. You guys, you can get everything these days over at Moment. I know they started off by making a mobile gear and that is all incredible as well. Go head over to shopmoment.com slash mileswithboyer and just shop for yourself. Anything that you need, I promise it's over there. All right, right into our interview with Jai. Genuinely, like I'm really excited to be able to sort of dig into this with you. Yeah. This was one of those, I, I think I mentioned this to you, but this is one of those recordings. Um, I hate I hate the word interview. Like I hate it, yeah, right? Totally. Because because there are those podcasts. Mm-hmm. I know you're you're a part of those all the time. Yeah. Um, there are those podcasts where it's like it's like a Q&A. Yeah, same question over and um, over. I'm like, fuck, man. I actually got interviewed not too long ago yeah. and the guy's like, oh, it sounds like you've got just the answers to all my questions. I'm like, because you ask the same questions as everybody else. It's it's pretty easy yeah. when it's the same question. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and that's a, like I, I told you, I've I've kind of um, I've kind of held out on asking you to be on here for a number of reasons, but but the probably the primary reason, Jai, is because I've been I've I've just watched over the last uh, like twelve to eighteen months in your life, yeah, and all of the things that you've taken on. And I've been like genuinely curious about the fact that it's like these are some some courageous moves that you're making. Like you're you're standing in the gap for literally hundreds of people at any given moment. But like, it, there's some courage, some some yeah, intentionality. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yes, it's pretty there's fun. Some, there's some. Yeah, there's some courage there, right? So, so I, I wanted to, to be able to like, I don't know, have this chat with you and it be deeper than like, yeah, you know, hey, tell it. me about the first time you picked up a camera. Because totally. I don't, yeah, yeah. I hate to say this. I told Jonas, I mean, I told Jonas the same thing. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I, and, sh- I, and should I? I don't know. Should <laughs> I care about? Uh, I don't think so. Or or is it is it more important that you, that you just be humanized? You know, like mm-hmm. that people get the opportunity to see that like, dude, you've had some, I, I would assume I can't wait to hear about them, but I, you've had some failures along the way, some Lots like battles them, along them, the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, going through some. Right so now, okay, so. well, so yeah, okay. Well, dude, I'm I'm kind of excited to hear about them, but okay. So so, <clears throat> do me a favor quickly yeah, yeah. for anybody that's like even remotely living under a, a rock. They picked up a camera yesterday. Yeah. yeah t- tell us who you are and like where you are. Yeah. So I mean, my name is Jai Long. I hate doing elevator pitches, but. In short, um, I was an electrician and I turned into a wedding photographer and then I turned into a business coach. Um, I run some of the and the biggest wedding photography workshops in the world. Um, I have the probably the biggest online um, community for business coaching for wedding photographers in the world, which is pretty cool. Um, I got a popular podcast called Make Your Break. Um, I have a fashion label. I do property developing. Um, I have a lot of businesses, too many businesses and, and I'm doing too many things, but I have a lot of fun along the way. And um, I think the thing that I bring to people is um, 
I'm very creative and I'm very analytical and I'm able to break down in a simple way what business is and how to better uh, better your business systems and also how to live a higher achieving life um, for a lot of people. So I think a lot of creatives resonate with what I do. Yeah, that's I, I hate these things, but yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. No, and listen, that was beautifully put because if I had done that, I would have said, you know, like Jai Long is, is this, he's this prolific, he's this larger than life speaker, right? He is this, uh, this bold voice. Everybody, everybody knows your voice these days. And he's this remarkable, brilliant artist. But the problem with all of those things is that like, that doesn't, none of that humanizes. Like what no, you just said yeah. is, is the humanity, right? What, what you just said is the grit. Like it's the real stuff of like, yeah, you've basically tried your hand at a number of things. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit it right on the head, right off the bat. Like what you're good at is seeing systems yeah. and then like educating people into seeing systems, right? Yeah, I think that's, so, that's my so superpower. Clearly, like you're, you're, you're a pretty intentional person, mm-hmm. I, I would assume, right? Yeah. Everybody that I know, like, Dude, everybody that I know that's, you know, some, some people that are as probably as known globally um, as, as you are, maybe not in the same industry, but, you know, that, that have that level of intentionality. All of them have this sort of backstory of that led to, mm. that led to a light switch moment. There was like, you know, like, hey, I either have to make it right now or I, I just have got to cut bait and drown. Yeah, of course. Um, it, and it, I'm, it I'm curious about that, that moment way. for you. Well, it has to be that way because like we, we're always moving towards something and away from something and you like, there's not one prolific person or someone that we admire that we would ever talk about or have on a podcast that just had a comfortable life and then they did nothing. You know what I mean? So like, you know, that you had to go through something to make something happen. And, and so while most of us, we try and avoid problems and mistakes and failures, we also forget that's where all the growth is because that's the thing that gets everyone so successful and, and it's hard to understand if you're not in that space. But if you go through a lot of hardship, like you need the lows to feel those highs. And I think that's really important for me, man. Like what one of the, um, like if we're getting deep and, and like, you know, truth, truthful here, like for me, like I had a lot of, um, a lot of death in my teenage years. So, um, I remember the day, like my uncle was like close to my uncle, but he hung himself in the family house. Um, I remember how that impacted my mom. I remember like my, I don't remember this, but when I was first born, my auntie also, um, died of a drug overdose. Um, so so that was my mom's sister and my mom's brother. Um, and then when I was 21, oh, so when, when I was a teenager, I had a few friends that, um, died of drug overdoses and also, uh, end up, committing suicide. And then when I was 20, 21, my dad died of a drug overdose as well. And so for me, like a lot of those things, and I've seen a lot of that, right? Um, A lot of those things makes you realize how short life is because you know how short life is. You know, if you you live behind a white picket fence and you don't understand how life actually works and rolls and how you need to sort of show up and and the things you got to do and and all that, um, it's hard to sort of move in that way. But when you see it, you have urgency because you're like, well, literally today could be my last day. Like there is no sugarcoating that. Like that's just the truth of it. So what is my legacy? If you're going, if people talk about legacy, it's like, oh man, when I'm 60 years old, this is what they're going to be talking about. So, Hey, I might not live to 60 years old. What are I going to talk about tomorrow? So I need to start thinking about what, what moves me right now and how can I impact people in a positive way? And how can I do that right now? Because I've got time right now. My dad's not here anymore. I am here. So I want to make sure that I'm making use of the time that, you know, I woke up this morning and, and it's incredible. I'm incredibly thankful. 
Man, I, I think that gratefulness is what resonates probably the deepest. Okay, so here's a, here's here's where I wanted to go with this. Actually, you just like, man, you just segued us into this. You you teed me up for this one too well, Chai. But <laughs> here's here's what I want to know is like, how does a guy that has enough energy, enough time to pour into mostly strangers, right? Mm. Like people that feel like they know you, but you don't know them. How does that guy like? What's what's your relationship with? And if if you don't want to answer this, feel free. Yeah. But like, what's your relationship with your mom like? How does how does a guy like that is that's so capable of showing up for complete strangers, and yet you watched your mom go through what you said your her sister and her brother and then your father. Mm-hmm. So like you you st- I'm assuming do you stand in the gap there? Like, are you this intentional with your closest relationships? Of course. Like I'm always ringing up my mom or sending her flowers every couple of weeks, and because I live a little bit you know further away from her, but. She's definitely my biggest inspiration, man. Like she's been through more than anyone I know. Um, You know, when I was growing up, there was a lot of domestic violence with my mom and dad and I've seen her go through a lot of stuff and she's so resilient. When I go see her, she's still happy. She still smiles. You know, everything's still positive and she impacts people in a positive way. And when I see that, I'm like, man, she's been through shit, like way more than me. And if she's able to go through all that and she still lives in government housing now, so she's still in... Um, you know, all around the world, we all call that something different, but um, she's still in, in that same situation. And I, a dream of mine is I want to get her out of there. I want to buy her a house one day and I want to help, you know, support her as she supported me. So that would be amazing. I mean, that's the, the only reason I ask that is because I, what I've learned, and I say this all the time on this podcast, like this, the entire purpose of this podcast was self-serving. Mm. The, and, and I'm perfectly willing to say that. Like I started this podcast because I wanted an outlet. I wanted an opportunity to speak to people that I admire. Um, but most of the time that outlet doesn't come through like, hey, let's just jump on the phone with each other. Totally. And But what I've learned throughout the course of three seasons now of doing this with, with people that I just look up to all over the world is that you're just, and you can feel free to disagree, but in general- the most prolific people that we know are just as afraid of of big steps, of courageous moves, of yeah, failure, of, of of anything. But but you've benchmarked that fear in a different way. Well, I mean, like we're all scared right? so of like, something, man. But like courage is definitely it, it's the definition of being scared and doing it regardless. Like that's the definition of courage. Yeah. So when we talk about courage, it's like well, one person's got courage and one doesn't. But what is the definition? We, they both have fear but one person stepped forward anyway or opened the door anyway, regardless of what's in, behind that door or how scary the drop is or, or whatever it is. And I think um, it takes a long time to build courage and, and it's all like it's all rel- relative to the person um, because obviously the first time I got on a podcast, I was scared for my life. Like I was like, man, I, this is a hard thing to do. And then after a while, there's a new benchmark and you can kind of keep pushing those boundaries. And I think that process and obviously happiness comes from, progress and so i think that progress and growth for me is is key yeah for moving forward yeah so i guess my question then is is how do you or like how do you suggest to people all these people that you train and talk to yep. that the people don't run from that fear because what you exactly what you just said is that like in, unless you're willing to lean into that fear there isn't growth well there, there's a few different ways and, and one thing we got to realize is we we all do something because of one motivator and it's either getting away from something and it's a past experience where we've been, we went broke, made no bookings, made no money. 
dad died, like whatever it is, or we go on towards something. I want to be a millionaire. I want to, I want to change lives. I want to do something. And some of us are lucky enough to have both. And then, so we're moving away and we're going towards. Um, so that's really important. But the other thing that's really important is um, like, as we grow as humans, like if you actually wanted to make impact, actual impact in the world, like you have to be uncomfortable and you've got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is like, for me, I am in such a situation where like, I could easily become comfortable right now. I could become comfortable, man. Like there's no problem with that. But I make sure that I go all in on everything that I do, that I almost lose all my money over and over and over. And I and I, I do so many things because I'm like, if I'm not fighting, then I'm just sitting on the couch. If I'm not fighting, I'm not reaching new people. If I'm not fighting, then there's no point of doing it, right? It's not worth doing. So for me, there's a measurement there. It's like if I if it's yeah, if it's not scaring me and if and if it's not going it's not worth going a hundred percent into, then it's not worth putting a little bit of a percent into. Yeah. So how does that strain though your personal life? Um, I, mean, I think because um, a lot of us we always like kind of get confused with personal life and, and business life. And so you always hear this notion of like balance. Um and, yeah. and balance, it's all, yeah, it's all barely exists. Yeah, it's all BS, yeah. right? Because it's, it's someone trying yeah. to balance a shitty life of their shitty job. That's what it comes from, like nine to five to, to the shitty, like, oh, I've got some balance. I've got one week off this year. I'm going to go on the holiday on my jet ski. Like that's balance. But to me, like balance is not like that at all. It's ebb and flows. And so if you're, when you're sort of like leveling up in personal growth, there's different, there's different pillars that you want to work on. And for me, I had big goals. I've got financial goals. And I have three things that I say, it's healthy, wealthy, and wise. And I say this all the time. So for me, health is my physical health, but my relationships as well. So how healthy are my relationships, my relationships with my partner and everything like that. Wealth, I'm looking after that. I'm stoking that fire. I'm making a bonfire. I'm getting people around it, warming them up, creating opportunities, giving away money. I'm doing all those things. And then wise, I'm, I'm feeding my brain. I'm learning new things. I'm meeting new people. Um, and for me, and everyone's different. Someone else might have spirituality in there and someone else might, there's always, there's so many different things, but for me, they're my three pillars. And so like, if I have an unrealistic goal, let's say I want to make a million dollars. I've got an unrealistic goal. It's crazy. I mean, it's got to be met with an unrealistic goal in my, in my home life as well, in all aspects of my life. Because, Hey, if I'm just going after a million dollars, I'm going to lose my relationship. I'll lose my wife. I'll lose my kids. I'll lose my sanity. I'll lose a lot of things. And so it, instead of it coming at a cost, it's like, how can you incorporate having unrealistic goals throughout everything? Because if you're not going home right now, and if you're just sitting there watching Netflix with your partner, like that's BS, man, you should be going home going, oh, now is time with my partner. Let's go and have some good sex. Let's go and, let's go and have a deep, deep, meaningful conversation. Like, let's talk about our day together. Let's spend an hour, you know, let's, I'm going to cook you a meal because I'm like, this is the task in front of me. And this is the most important thing. Now, most people that go home go, oh, think about work. I had a bad day. Don't talk to me, babe. I had a bad day. I'm thinking about work right now. And so they confuse a, like a, a high vibe in life with just work and just a metric. But really, it has to be across the board because if you had a, a fight with your partner, then guess what? You're going to go to work next day. You're not going to opt. You're not going to perform at that high level because you're going to have something else on your mind. Something's out of balance there. Man, this is an absolutely enormous uh, talk track for us to chase down because I, I think what you just hit on is probably the most prolific, at least at least in in the U.S. It's the it's the single biggest problem that I run into um, in our mentor programs and, and when we're coaching is this idea of of putting a um, putting a number to like a, a metric to your happiness and then saying like when I hit that number, mm. then I'll start working on my relationships. 
And so, but you know, I've said frequently is as I've said like. Yeah, you know, your first your first hundred thousand dollars at least in the U.S. It's different, I know, anywhere in the world, and we've got listeners on in every continent. But like in the United States, is your first hundred thousand dollars is just it's it's a choice that you make. It is literally a choice. You just decide I'm going to work hard enough that I can make that kind of money. Now, whether or not you're capable of working that hard or not isn't the question. It's just whether or not you're educated enough to to continue to make the right choices, right? But it's like then once you get there at least in my opinion, your second $100,000 is like, what are you willing to give up for that? Like, what sacrifices are you willing to make in, in your home life, in your health, in your, your mental life, um, you, know, like, you know, your mental health? Like, what, where, where is it are you willing to flex in order for the, the number to continue to go up? What are your thoughts on that? Well, look, I think it's um, like, I, I agree with everything that you're saying there. And I also disagree in, in some sense. I love to bring a different perspective. Yeah. Like, I don't think like from please, one, please. 100 to 200, you have to give up too much. Like, I, like my business now is in you know, multi-millions per year, but I didn't have to give up my relationship mm-hmm. or my happiness to, to be able to do those things. Yeah. But- there is always something you've got to give up for a higher level of self. There has to be, right? Because there's only a certain amount of capacity that we have. So the way that I coach and teach is um, if you're thinking about yourself in 12 months' time, if you're 12 months, so in your analogy, if you're 12 months' time, right now you make 100000 and in 12 months you make 200000 So what do you need to give up? And so the things that I think about is who is that person and what did they give up? And, and I start working out the things I don't love about myself. Maybe I should give up that um, that trait about myself. Maybe I should lose the fear around I'm going to have to work harder to make more money. I have to change my mindset around that. I have to, because that person that makes 200,000 doesn't have time to think about these smaller problems that I have now. I also have to have a better relationship with my partner so I can continue to make some more money. So I need to work on those things now. So we can give up the things that we don't love about ourselves, but the reason why people don't grow is because no one wants to give up their identity and we are tied to our own identity. For instance, if I said to you, God doesn't exist, right? And then you said, no, God does. And I could be wrong and you could be wrong, but we will fight because we both believe we're right and we will not listen to someone yeah. else, right? Because it's our identity. It's like, no, I, I believe yeah. and yeah, you don't believe, right? So so with that identity, we do that with everything and we fight. Even when we start to know that we're wrong about something, we'll still fight because the last thing we want to be is wrong and we don't want to be yeah. wrong as in the sense of like, this whole time I've been wrong and then why why didn't I know before? And then our identity gets lost. And so as we grow, we don't want to lose our identity because here's an example. You probably got friends. I I hate rich people. Well, if you hate rich people, your identity is you don't want to be someone that makes a million dollars maybe. Right. So it's going to be hard Mm -hmm. for you to break the identity of being someone that makes average income or lives low, like, you know, on a very low wage. It's hard for you to believe that maybe there's a better way because you're trying to fight for what you have so then you're right because your identity is attached to it. So I believe if you want to grow and you want to make 200,000, I mean, anyone can make 200,000 right now and you don't have to give up too much, right? But we need to start giving up the things that we don't love about ourselves so we can make space for that new person so we can actually grow and we can be more accepting to all the things around us. Uh, We have a higher capacity to be able to take in more information. and we're open and, and hyper aware of what's actually happening in the market and everything else. Yeah, I think there's something that you just said. If I could like boil that down, I think at its core, what you basically just said is you have to be comfortable being wrong. Like yeah. your entire identity can't be wrapped up in simply being right. Totally. Yeah. Which is, I mean, just just that sentence is life changing. Like when you when you get to the point where you can, 
you can sit with somebody that you completely disagree with and risk being wrong. Yeah, There's growth. It's so much growth, man. And no one does it. And it just blows my mind that we all have to be right all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so, I mean, but here's the question then, is, is the, the dichotomy there of being a coach. So how do, you, how do you fight that? Because you have people- I'm not right all the time. People leaning in- I'm not right. Well, yeah, but, like I'm probably right like 51% of the time, man. And 50, like all I have to be this successful yeah. is I only have to win 51% of the time. Just the same as I go to the casino. 49% of the time I fail and that's fine. As long as I'm 1% closer towards where I want to go. When I teach people, I don't say, hey, this is my way, the only way. This is the strategy that's going to work for you. I say, what do you need right now? Because I'm a coach, right? So I'm like, what do you need right now? What strategies do you need? Right? Where are you in your journey? You know, instead of me sort of pushing them the new strategies and stuff, most people don't need strategies. They say, Jai, you know what? I actually just had a mentoring session and she literally said to me at the end, Jai, you know what? I just needed to talk through this plan. So all I needed, I just need you to listen and validate that plan. I, I know. I already knew what you needed because that's what I do. I'm, I coach people. Does that make sense? So I know that I'm wrong all the time. Yeah. Okay. So so let me th- then ask, where did, where did you, how more like, the, I think is the question, how did you develop this voice? It's, it's because I didn't go to school. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, yeah. Ex- expand on that. Cause this, that's, that is where I was, what I was hoping you were going to lean on is, yeah. is something like that. Yeah. Like your voice came from, from battle. So, well, if you don't go to school, the, the, you, you have a different learning system, right? So for me, I don't put my hand up to ask a question. I just put, I just ask the question. Uh, I don't feel wrong or silly to ask a question. I just ask because I'm intrigued. I have curiosity, right? And so I, when I grew up, I didn't get told no or I shouldn't or I can't or it's impossible or I'm wrong or I failed. Like I didn't get taught any of those things. I didn't fail a test. I didn't do a test, right? So it's a different way that I learned. I did a little bit of homeschooling, but we, when I grew up, when I was real young, we were homeless. And then I went into some government housing and then I went through a few different schools for like a few years there. I enrolled myself into a school for a bit. Then I just dropped out of school because I needed a job to go support my family and stuff. Mum, like I had to support my mom and everything. Um, so that's my life. But but for me, I know that's where that comes from because for me, I am happy to have a conversation with anyone because I've always felt undereducated and inadequate. So I love listening to anyone else's perspective because I'm like, oh, you've got a lot of knowledge that I don't know. And I need that knowledge. I'm sitting here in a room. I know from you, Miles, right now, I'm going to learn something from this. And that's why I'm always in here. That's why I say yes to everything like this because I'm like, yeah. Well, like I can't, I can't fool myself to believe that I know everything and I shouldn't be here or I'm better or smarter or more successful than anyone. It's like, no, I'm just literally just learning and I could learn something today. And I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. That's my thing. You know, you know what I'm fascinated by everything that you just said. It, it's it's actually the reason why, um, and and this isn't necessarily to talk talk badly about this institution or just the concept in general. But I was a uh, I was an adjunct a professor for a little while. I taught photography, um, and what I found in myself was this was this unique part of myself that I'm not comfortable with. I don't know bitterness well. I, I had a I had a an interesting childhood, and that's for another episode. But I but I never got bitter. And one of the first things that I ever found myself getting bitter about was the, the like politics of education, the way that I felt like I was supposed to be shaping these minds mm. to be more and more like mine. And all I really wanted to do was to understand theirs better. 
right? Like I felt like I was the one in school, but I was supposed to be giving the grades. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and so what you just like what you just said is is brilliant in the sense that like I think you I, and you would agree with this, I'm sure. I think you did have an education, right? Like you spent you've you you've spent your time you've spent your time learning from the people around you that were were willing to give you that. So let's take this down then down out of the clouds just enough to put a camera in your hands. How how does that correlate for you? Because that's a that's a high technical job with a with an intentional creative creative outlet. And and by the way, not for nothing, but the business element isn't easy either. So how do how do you go from being you know, in government housing, surrounded by, you know, death and struggle and clearly imbalance to being balanced enough to say, like, I will be there on on your, you know, most intentional day and I'll be the rock for you with a camera. Yeah, it's real interesting. I think for me, um, business comes second nature. Like, because I, I did get an education, right? I grew up in the street. So I, I have that street mentality where I understand business. I understand the hustle, right? So that hustle applies straight into business. And my first business, which was a failed business when I was 20 years old, I had a cafe, went bankrupt. And I learned so much from that. It was part of my education. From For me, like I was always creative too. I played guitar and, um, you know, easy, just could play guitar, could take photos, could paint, could do all that kind of stuff. Um, so photography was insanely easy for me. Like it literally just, there's only three things that change, like your shutter and your, you know, aperture, whatever. So it was just like such a, it was such an easy thing that I was like, oh my God, like I could take photos of this thing. And then business already was second nature. So I already understood business. And then what I didn't realize was, and this was, was the, this was the penny drop for me. When I was out there, my first year, man, I, I shot a ton of weddings for free. It made sense to me. I got a lot of hate and stuff, um, but I made six figures as well. And I also like um, got published. I did some international weddings. I set myself up for my first workshop. I did all this in my first 12 months, right? And I thought it was just normal. And then until people started coming to me going like, how did you make money from photography? Not many people. Back in 2013, no one makes six figures from photography, yeah. right? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you just do this and this. And then- after a while, so in 2015, I did my first business workshop because I realized, I was like, oh my God, no one here knows business. People don't know. Yeah. And I was like, it's amazing. And, and because it's so second nature to me, I wasn't classically trained. I teach it the way that they would understand it. I'm like, this is all it is, guys. It's really fun. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, it is interesting. I think I've had this conversation. I want to say I've had this conversation with Ben Hartley where I, I basically said like people want to make success this massive algorithm, right? Where you have to put in all these variables and it's, it's this long division of like carry the one and then, you know, make sure that all your decimals are in line. And, and the reality is like, it, it's very much a two plus two equals four, right? You, you just make the right choice. It's also like, you just got to decide that you're successful. Many of us, we always think we're unsuccessful. Hit six figures. Oh, I'll be successful when I have 200,000. I'll be successful when I have 300,000. So, man, decide today that you're successful and then see how that feels for you because it feels amazing to be successful. Yeah, okay. So that's brilliant. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful way to put that because I think that's the thing that probably makes you stand out as a coach is, is this sense of, um, and you're, feel free to correct me here, but- I get the sense that you are very mindset first. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Like we do need to. Of course, we need to get your P and Ls in line. Of course, we need to under. You know, you need, we need to have the right gear and the right mindsets and the right stylistic things and blah blah blah. But like first, let's let's fix your head. So 
so where does that process start for you? Like, say I, I sign up for Six Figure mm-hmm. uh, Business Map tomorrow, mm-hmm. and how do you begin shaping the mind? Yeah, it's actually a good question today because I just finished a four day boot camp. So when everyone joins up, I did a four day boot camp, which is like two hours per morning for four days. Um, and it's amazing, man, because what most people don't have is they come and they don't have clarity, don't know what the next strategy is, don't know what they're going to look like next year. They don't know, they don't know. So there's a lot of like variables there. So I just help them find inner peace for themselves with understanding, like not knowing is where you need to be anyway. That's what we, that's like, that's all of us. But then having that North star that we can sail our boat towards because the whole business map's about a boat and, and like sailing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then showing them how I explain to them, like they're a five-year-old, what business is, how easy it is, how we can separate ourselves. And then how we can start changing our mindset around how we act for the next 12 months when we come into the course, uh, how we interact with other people around us, um, how we see failure, how we, yeah, basically all those things. And I think it takes a long time because no one's going to change, you know, completely over four days. But I do know that everyone that comes in because it's a little bit more expensive, expensive is they're coachable, they're willing and they listen and then they do the work. And then after a while they go, oh my God, I came here for the Facebook ad strategy that makes lots of money, but I actually, actually, this is the thing that that's changed the game. You know what I mean? And so, man, the problem was like with the whole mindset thing is like I was teaching mindset, the exact same stuff I teach today is what I taught in 2015, exactly the same. And back then it wasn't trendy. And so it was really hard to try and show people that mindset was the thing. And now like thankful for me, but now it, it, I kind of like get a little bit annoyed about it because I'm like, everyone teaches mindset. Now it's trendy. And I'm like, shit, man, do you know how many years I had to like hustle to get that into the mainstream? But now it's like, oh, it's the thing. And I'm like, I know it's the thing. Like, <laughs> come on guys. But yeah, it's, it's just like, yep. Yeah. It's just one, it is the most important thing. It is, it doesn't matter. Like you and I could have um, all the same strategies in the world, all the same blueprint in the world, but we're going to have completely different results and it comes down to our mindset. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, I mean, to give you the credit there, frankly, I think it shows in the way that you, the way that you teach. So let's use summit as an example. The, the first summit that you did, um, you were kind enough to give me, to give me entrance to that. I don't know if you even remember that, yeah. but um, and I and I sat back and I and I watched because it was several of my friends that were a part of things, right? Like Jonas is a friend of mine, and Don is a friend of mine, and uh, and John Brands are fr- friends of mine. And so I kind of sat back and I was like, I want to know, not knowing you, but knowing a lot of the other speakers. Yep. I want to know how Jai plugs himself into this because it's a tall task to sit next to Jonas Peterson mm-hmm. or to sit like this is a this is a big ask. And you know what I was blown away by was the fact that you allowed the space, you allowed the, uh, the freedom for people to sit in what they're good at, to say like, yeah, Jonas, talk about story. Tell about story. Totally. Or like, Don, expand on how you build these beautiful, these in-depth relationships with your clients. But then what you did is you came in and you just spoke to the mind. And I remember being so captivated because I, I was hearing stories from photographers that I've known for years that I'd heard before but I was so captivated by the way that you just speak to the mind and you say like, let's just take, let's set the camera down. Right. And let's say like, if somebody, if somebody stole your camera tomorrow, how are you going to feed your family? And, and I think that's the, the brilliance is that you're teaching people, you're training people how to, how to live 
and the camera, the camera's a catalyst. I, I know it's so much more than just business. Like it's so wrapped up in like, oh, it's business strategies, but really it's like, it's actually life. Like, let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like all these things that we we talk about and we bring together is like what people don't know when they leave the business map. It's like, man, not only can you have a successful business now, but you can have multiple of them. You can keep building them for the rest of your life, but it's actually all the other parts of your life. You know, you've got, you got better relationships now. You've got more time now. you got all, like you are acting better with other people. Like there's so much more that I know they're going to walk away with. And I know like a deal is always, here's the thing. Like if you talk about business, like the way a good business transaction works is I, if I'm selling something, I need to have the shit end of the deal, right? So that means if I'm selling something, if it's my wedding photography services, I need to feel like I'm getting ripped off because I'm giving so much away and then I'm getting, I'm like, oh man, but it makes me feel good because I'm like, that's an amazing experience. So with the business map, I know that when someone signs up, I'm like, man, it's the best decision you could ever make because you're going to get so much from that small investment in this way I see it, right? And so, yeah, that I think um, it blows my mind that I know what people are going to walk away with, but they don't know yet. They don't even know what they need. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so here's, I guess my next question then is, how do you cope with with failure then? Like, how do you handle that? Because a lot of these people, and you're bound to know this, right? But a lot of these people will go through this, will go through this process. They will learn all the right things, but they're so incapable of getting out of their own way, mm. right? They, they self-sabotage at such a, like their, their core ethos is insecurity. So how is it that you have separated yourself from that? And, and cause it, it, you've mentioned several times, like you're not only do you fail, but you're happy to fail. You can use failure as like a like a measurement tool, right? And so the more rejections you get, um, you can use that as a measurement tool because if I'm going to have unrealistic goals and I want unrealistic things to happen, then I need to take unrealistic actions. And that means there's going to be things that don't hit and there's going to be rejections. There's going to be other things. Now, for an example, when people join the business mount, a lot of people say to me like, Jai, one of my goals is I want to get featured in the wedding magazine. That'd be amazing. Oh, what have you done? Oh, I submitted in once and then um, they said no. What'd you do since? Nothing. Like, okay, so that's where the problem is, right? Because if you want to get featured in one magazine, you better submit to 10 of them. Like you need nine rejections because if you don't get nine rejections, you just didn't show up relentlessly enough for your goals, right? And it's the same with everything. If I want a successful launch, I've got to do 10 of them because I know it's not today. And it's like the, all the things that I build, I know- Everything that I do, it all steps me. As long as it's getting me fifty-one percent closer, you know, to towards my goal, and I can fail forty-nine percent of the time, I'm still moving forward. Where most people think they have to have a hundred percent rate, otherwise they're a failure. Hey, it just doesn't work like that. But even if you went to school, you only had to do fifty-one percent to be able to pass your grades, right? So when I work out that math, I'm like, geez, man, I only have to be half good with anything. Like I don't even need to be a hundred percent good. And as long as I'm half good and I've got direction, um, it's an easy call for me. And so. Yeah, getting rejections, failing, happens to me all the time, happens to me a lot, but it means I know that I'm growing because it means that I'm not trying to play it safe. I'm not trying to protect the downside. I'm, I'm willing for growth. I'm open for growth. I'm investing in myself and um, trying something new is investing in myself because I'm giving myself the space, the money, the energy to try something that may not work out. And I think that's something I'll never let, I'll never lose that. So then where was take us take us into a moment then where where you've you've lost that edge like oh. where what what was a failure that you that shook you because there's there's no way like you you don't you don't discover flexibility in your life without a, a pulled muscle here and there 
Um, a failure that actually shook me was my first major failure. Um, I had lots when I was a kid, but my first major ones when I went bankrupt with my cafe, um, it was really hard for me and, and it was really hard for my now wife and she was with me at the time. I was 20 years old and um, it was really hard because I put in my life savings. I was like, I started work and left school when I was 15 and I worked for five years and um, I put in all my life savings and I got out some loans and stuff and I, and I started this cafe and it went for 12 months. I didn't know anything about business and it was huge. You could sit 300 people. I had staff, baristas, you know, it was like 11 people cruising around working. Um, I was just young and naive and, and I think um, – the thing that kind of made it stop was my partner turned to me and said, we're burning out and I'm gonna, like, you have to stop this. We have to stop. And that was the thing because I went and got a full-time job just to try and put money in the till. So I'd work 50 hours a week and then I'd come back, work all weekend. And I was working all night and literally no sleep. And then we lost our house and then we're sleeping in the car in the car yard. And, and then like, it just got harder and harder. And then I realized I was going to lose her as well. So I was like, okay, we have to, we got no more money. We have to give up. And I remember closing the roller door for the last time. We hopped in this car that my friend actually gave me because uh, we had no money or anything. And we drove out to the beach. And I remember that night, like sleeping, I didn't sleep at all. We were laying in the back of the car and um, we had blankets on us and stuff. And I remember the next morning I was watching the sunrise over the ocean and I was just looking out there, right? And I was thinking to myself like, shit, man, like a lot happened this last year and a lot happened yesterday. But for some reason, like this sunrise, I remember just feeling like, if this is the, as low as it gets, like it's not that low, it's not that bad. Like I, I have beach views right now. Like this is my partner's right next to me. Like I had the window cracked a little bit and the, and the breeze was coming in and I just felt like a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, why was I so scared of failure when this is it? Like who cares, right? And so that for me was like a huge pivotal point that I realized I didn't need things and I didn't need anything else besides the fact that I just learned a lot and that's all I need as long as I've got my sanity in my mind and I made a plan that day to go and make stuff go make something of myself and I did okay so I mean one dude absolutely like amazing story I mean remarkable story you've got a, a million of those though and they don't get told enough I, I want you to hear that like <laughs> yeah but they they don't I mean they they say a lot about who you are but what you said in there between the lines was that the one thing you were unwilling to lose was your partner, right? Like the car wasn't even yours. It wasn't yours to lose, right? So like the one thing that you had that you were unwilling to give up was her. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, if that doesn't say the most about your, your character, just who you are as a, as an individual. So then my assumption then is like, is then the, the catalyst for, for success then? Like is, I know, I know you want to have that strength inside of you, but like was the catalyst for growth out of that hole then, you know, like keeping her or, or just providing for her? You know what I mean? Like mm. build, building the, the life that she deserved because you had clearly gotten to the point where you were capable of saying like, I deserve what I, what I have. I'm willing to take risk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, man, and, and you're going to make me cry on this thing, but I don't um, – it's interesting because I probably didn't think about it that hard, and I think it's painful for me because um, afterwards, like, I, I went – I actually, like, sacrificed my life after that to go to the go to the mines, actually. 
to go and like make back some money and stuff. And I was like fly in, fly out. And it was like hard conditions and all this kind of stuff. And I set her up a house and stuff. So um, it was all good. But then she actually ended up leaving me like three months after that. So, and so that was like a big chunk of my life that, yeah, I felt like I really lost everything like from, from that experience. Yeah. Okay. So you, <laughs> you found it. Well, I mean, that's okay, dude. This is the good stuff. Like this is the depth, Jai. Like the, these are the things that like, Man, when you when you look at your heroes, and I think that you're on your way to that. I want you to hear that from like another like a you know another photographer near the top of the industry. Like when you look at your heroes, and then you say, "Okay, so you hit rock bottom in your own head. You just said it, right? Like I, I woke up, I had beach views, and I realized it wasn't that bad. And dude, three months later, it got worse. Mm. Yeah, got, I think it got I think it got a lot worse over the next couple of years. To be honest, like it was. Um, demoralizing, like trying to um, bring everything back together that you built. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you've got this life and, and then all of a sudden you've got to, one is like you've got to realize that you made mistakes. You're not what you thought you were, not as smart as you thought you were, not as deserving as you thought you were. Like there's all these things um, that come through your mind. And then two, you're like, oh, I need a new system. I'm wrong. Like my identity's gone. I need something new. And that was hard for me. And so you're left though. I mean, this is, I, I think probably the most beautiful thing that you could be then. You, so you're left with all this experience and all of this capability and all this self-awareness, but you're a blank canvas again. Yeah, it literally, right? it's it was, like, that's how it felt, man. I was reborn. Okay, interrupting at the end of part one. Just to tell you guys, first and foremost, I'm so sorry that we had to split this episode into two, but in the interest of making sure that you guys heard the whole thing, I wanted to let you know what's coming up next. The next 30 minutes with Jai Long are probably some of the most introspective and intentional moments I've ever heard him have on camera. We hear about Jai talking about his life living and working in the mines, just being paycheck to paycheck, surrounded by negativity, and the choices that he made to make art and purpose and positivity a, an incredible part of his future. Y'all, please come back next week. Join me for part two of this interview with Jai Long. Y'all, my name is Miles Whitboyer. This is the Photographic Collective Podcast. And you guys have just sat through 45 minutes of, of purpose and intentionality and great conversation with my buddy Jai Long. We'll see you next week.